This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh yeah, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 30th. Can you believe we're almost to October and BYU football is still undefeated? Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who will proudly ride the old wagon wheel to Logan like a unicycle, Jason Shepard. Look, I I have never been on a unicycle, nor do I assume that's ever in the cards for me to be on a unicycle. I think what we need to do is re-enlist Justin Sorensen. Yes. Former BYU kicker. Good poll. Who 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 is a a I don't want to say award-winning unicyclist, but like a a pro level. An accomplished one. Accomplished. Thank you. That is the word I am looking for. An accomplished unicyclist to do that for BYU. The visual of you riding the old wagon wheel like a unicycle <laughs> is a fantastic one. Look, it's um from what I understand, it's super heavy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We, we heard we heard Gunnar Romney talk about there's no chance that's one person's no, lifting that I up. I learned that the hard way <laughs> in Logan. And we posted it on social media. I lifted it like, I don't know, a foot or two off the ground. I was like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, like no, that's really all. I was just trying to lift it up just a couple of inches. I wasn't trying to actually pick it up. Shout out to Billy Nixon and the BYU equipment guys. They have dealed out the Utah State gear drop, and they put it all over the wagon wheel, which BYU has owned for the last few years. I want to know how I get on the Billy Nixon list, Jason, yes, and get the game day gear drops, because that is some drippy swag right there. That is some next-level swag that I'm not going to lie, I would look fantastic in. Yes. (laughs) I'm not even going to deny it, Jason. You would look fantastic in it. On your unicycle. I'm telling you. For for <laughs> that gear is so good. I'm first of all, this is not. I'm not pandering. I am a Nike guy. I have always been a Nike guy. Yep. Always. We're, I am so glad we are a Nike school because Nike gear is so <laughs> awesome. It is so fresh. I am pandering for this, Jason. No shame. I'm I'm straight up asking. I want the white jacket, Billy. There's anybody listening in the equipment office. I just want the white jacket. David Almodova, Tom Homo, Brian Santiago. Tell me what I need to do to have the white jacket. The Let's white go. jacket or the uh, the royal blue, the hoodie. <laughs> I don't know if that's a sleeveless or if that has sleeves. Uh, I've been known to rock a sleeveless every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but uh, either one, I'm fine. That is that is fantastic. Chef just wants to show off his guns. Come on. <laughs> no. Here's no. your game day eve show lineup, including a man who, quite frankly, has served as kryptonite. For Utah State football, Mitch Matthews joins us. What's the secret to playing so well against the Aggies? We'll ask him. BYU will not announce a starting quarterback for the game until game day tomorrow. But does it even matter for BYU if it's Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney? We'll discuss. Plus, national champion runner Connor Mance back in front and on the show why he's poised for a repeat cross-country title. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We start with football, of course. 13th-ranked BYU taking its 4-0 record to Logan tomorrow night for a matchup against Utah State at 9 Eastern time. The Aggies, a nice start to their season, 3-1 after falling to Boise State, however, in their last game. Countdown to kickoff starts at 8 Eastern 
on BYU TV and the app radio pregame at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio. Battle for the old wagon wheel. Wagon wheel. BYU basketball now know their tip-off times against Pac-12 opponents. Mark them down. November 16th, 10 Eastern, BYU faces Oregon in Portland at the Moda Center, home of the Portland Trailblazers, set to be broadcast on ESPN. Then fast forward to November 27th, BYU travels to Utah, tip-off 9.30 Eastern in Salt Lake City. You can watch that game on the Pac-12 Network. Do you have the Pac-12 Network? I do not have the Pac-12 Network, but I'm actually uh, in all likelihood going to be calling that game on BYU Radio. Oh, snap. So Don't worry about it then. I'll have a pretty good seat and okay. a pretty good view of the okay. game. You know yeah. what? Stop, Shep. Stop <laughs> so. bragging about your courtside seats, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Just days after being released by Milwaukee, the Bucks have re-signed former Cougar Elijah Bryant to a training camp deal. Go. Bryant played in 11 playoff games after signing with the eventual NBA champions back in May. He's seeking another ring. 11th-ranked BYU women's volleyball back tonight as they face Santa Clara on the road in the Bay Area. The match, first serve goes out at 9 Eastern in the Levy Center. BYU Women's Golf finished third at the Golf Week Red Sky Classic yesterday in Colorado with a one-over par final score. 24th-ranked Cougars have 12 days off before their final fall tournament in Oklahoma. Well, I guess we can settle for a third-place finish after Take they that. won the first two tournaments, right? Former BYU baseball star Brennan Lund won for three last night with a double in a Salt Lake Bees loss to the Tacoma Rainiers. One of the Angels going to call him up, Jason. Get your people on the phone. Let's get this thing going already. Brendan Lund is a really, really good baseball player. And he funny funny thing about him, it, during some of the spring training and stuff, he's actually had quite a few interactions with Mike Trout. Go. And uh, like, I think maybe they even say they're buddies. Oh, maybe buddies with Mike Trout. That's not hey, bad Bren- to put on Brendan the resume. Lund. Mike Trout's buddy, Brendan Lund. <laughs> he shall herefore to be known as Mike Trout's buddy. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Quarterback, quid pro quo. BYU has two very accomplished quarterbacks that uh, could potentially start against Utah State on Friday night. Of course, Jaron Hall, who won three Power 5 games to open up his sophomore campaign at BYU and suffered an injury and sat out against South Florida. Who knows if he's going to play on Friday night. In comes Baylor Romney, who all he does is win, Jason. Three starts, three wins, dating back to 2019. Most recently, he threw for 300-plus yards against, yes, a porous USF defense, but still stepped in, didn't turn the ball over, and got the win. So I ask you, going into Utah State, Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney, does it even matter at this point who starts against the Aggies? The quick answer is no, I don't believe it matters who starts a quarterback. And I think we've seen, and you alluded to it, we have seen more than enough evidence that Baylor Romney is a starting level quarterback in college football. Seriously, what has he done yes. to make anybody think yes. otherwise? Yeah, there, there's there's no doubt in my mind that that he is a starting level quarterback, and that is that is a good thing to have for BYU to have two guys, your your starter and your backup, that are both looked at as starters at the collegiate level. Now let, let's not lose sight. The fact that Jaron Hall was named the starter. The coaching staff made the decision that in their minds, 
the quarterback that gives them the best chance to win is Jaron Hall. And I think that there are a couple of different factors in that, and we bring up one all the time. That's his, his athleticism in terms of running the ball. And we've seen that. It's not just running the ball. It's the breakaway speed in which he runs the ball. That is, an, that is a dynamic that you add that to an offense that we already know is good. It just takes it to the next level. So let, let's not lose sight. And, and Aaron Roderick said earlier in the week, if Jaron's healthy, he's going to be the guy. Yes. So we know that's the case. Nothing's changed in the hierarchy in terms of who the starter is and who the backup is. But we've seen Baylor Romney come through time and time again and excel, not just play well, but excel at, at the quarterback position. So I've seen enough out of this offense through both quarterbacks and what they've done that I'm not worried about the offense in terms of their ability to score score points and be productive regardless of who the quarterback is. You want to know the biggest difference if Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney starts? It's in how the total yards are accumulated. If Jaron Hall is a starting quarterback against Utah State, you could anticipate a stat line of 230 passing yards, 65% completion rate, and BYU as a team runs for like 180 because Jaron Hall is going to rack up like 60 to 70 yards yes. with his legs. So they'll have 400-plus total yards. It'll just be distributed differently with pass and run, because that's how his game works. And frankly, BYU needed Jaron Hall's legs to win the three Power 5 games. They were instrumental yes. for his legs in those three Power 5 wins. So this is taking nothing away from Jaron Hall or his capabilities or his abilities to run around and extend plays, because it's unbelievably effective. Baylor-Romney, however, if you're looking at it from a stat perspective, BYU is probably going to, I don't know, as a team, run for 140 yards, 150 yards, and Romney probably passes for closer to 300 yards. The yards will be distributed differently, but I feel like the result and the offense overall will be equally as effective. It will be productive. BYU's offensive line will be physical. They will not back down from Utah State's defensive front. They will protect whoever the quarterback is. And I think that they will be successful. You said this to me yesterday, Jason. It's not about the quarterback now. It's about how BYU's defense responds after some question marks came up against USF with all of those injuries. Yeah, I'm at the point now where we know what the offense is. We know what the offense wants to do. We've seen it in with two different quarterbacks, slight adjustments. We even saw Baylor running a little bit. It wasn't certainly to the level of Jaron Hall, but they, they had Baylor moving a little bit against South Florida. So we've seen enough out of the offense to know the production is going to be there. And, and Baylor wasn't just good. He was great against South Florida. And, I, and you brought up the fact, look, it's not against the greatest defense, but I, I, I look at not just the total yards he put up, but I look at the throws that were right on the money every time. To the point where I even joked when he threw his first incompletion, like, oh, apparently he is going to throw an incompletion today. Yeah. Like, you wondered, because at, at a certain point, it was just completion after completion after completion. And total command of the offense. So you go in and like, you just know what this offense can do, and I don't think it changes. I think what you brought up is a fantastic point. Maybe the, the stat distribution is a little yeah. different. Yes. But in terms of the overall production, I do not expect a drop-off at all. No, so it doesn't matter who starts at Utah State. If it's Jaron Hall, BYU's offense will be productive. 
They will be hard to defend. Utah State will have fits trying to get Jaron Hall down in the backfield, and the Cougars will figure out a way to be successful. If it's Baylor Romney, the ball's going to come out quick. He's going to make good decisions. He's probably not going to turn it over, and that too is maddening to defend against. In fact, the BYU defense, talking with them during fall camp, said, yeah, Baylor's really frustrating to defend against because you take two steps and the ball's gone. Yeah. You know, and even when they run a deeper route and there's a five-step drop or a seven-step drop, the offensive line is experienced enough to give him time, and the ball's going 40 yards downfield to Baylor or to Gunnar Romney, rather, or Neil Pau or Keanu Hill or whoever. You know, they just can't get to the quarterback when it's Baylor, and if it's Jaron, they can't get to him because he's running around. Well, let's not lose sight on the fact that even regardless of the quarterback, you still have guys like Tyler Algier, and you oh, still yeah. have Lopini Katoa that, oh, you can turn to one side or the other and hand off to two guys that you know can pick up the yards that you need. Once again, pay attention to the trenches. If the Utah State defense is able to break through BYU's offensive line, things could be very interesting. BYU's offensive line feels like they're up to the challenge. They could be more physical than Utah State's defensive front. And then flip the sides. What can BYU with the hopeful return of Tyler Batty and Octonisa Mahe joining that defensive line? What can they do to get pressure on Utah State's dual quarterbacks? Because they've got a couple as well. So it's, it generally comes down to the trenches, right? Yeah. And, and that's where, look, BYU, its goal going into every game is to be the more physical and the more aggressive uh, side of the ball, whether it's offense or defense. That's, they should that have is their that goal. mindset. And they absolutely, and not only should that be their mindset, the reason it should be their mindset is because they have the players to do that. Uh, they did it against Utah. They did it against Arizona State. Who, by the way, Arizona State was a way more physical team than I thought they would be. Significantly more than I expected. And a credit to BYU for matching that challenge. Our question of the day, Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney, does it matter who starts at Utah State? You've heard our initial opinions. We want to hear yours. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Kevin Cunnell, PGA on Twitter. I hope you're enjoying some golf today, Kevin. Baylor was impressive last week, but a lot of his success was on deep throws. Jaron Hall gives BYU deep throws as well and is more versatile out of the pocket. No argument there. His versatility out of the pocket is absolutely advantage Jaron. Either one will work, but I'd start Jaron Hall. It may turn into a scoring fest. Now, here's the thing, and we don't know details about why Jaron Hall specifically didn't play, at least not public details, about why he didn't play against USF. How much time does he need to heal? Like, if he's 70%, do you say, you know what, 70% Jaron is good enough, I want him to play against Utah State, or do you hold him out and hope that he gets to, I don't know, 80 85% by Boise State or Gulp? If he can't play against Boise State, maybe even Baylor? That's the thing we don't know. Like That's the missing factor here, Jason. We don't know how healthy or not healthy Jaron Hall is. So, in response to Kevin is, well, how healthy do you need Jaron Hall to be to feel like he has his full entourage of skills yeah. and his ability to run around without worrying about him getting more significantly injured? Yeah, and, and without knowing the factors that are being weighed into all of this in terms of type of injury and where he is from a percentage stand, is he, you know, 70%, 80%, without knowing all of those factors, it's very difficult to be able to gauge 
how that decision will be made. Sure. You want the guy to have his full, in this words for Jerem Jordan, accoutrement <laughs> of abilities, right? If Jaron Hall cannot run around feeling like, oh, I can get hit and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay, then he probably shouldn't play. And it's Baylor's game, right? You just and give all the reps and practices to yeah. Baylor Romney, let him prepare. But that's what's that's kind of the difficult part about this is well, you want to be able to tell one guy, okay, you're the guy this week. But is now having to balance this and try and figure it out. And that that one is a little bit of a disadvantage to the Cougars because if you're constantly like, oh, I, I don't know, Jaron, are you good? Okay, if you're not good, then it's Baylor. Um, and Jaron wants to play. He's a competitor. Absolutely, oh my he does. Goodness. Every both of these quarterbacks want to be the quarterback. The balancing act there can be a little bit disadvantageous. But then in return, Utah State's got to prepare for both quarterbacks, so maybe it's a wash. Right? Yeah, look, even if, even if you even if there has been one quarterback that's taken all the reps this week, you don't have to say anything. It's gamesmanship. Yes. You don't want you don't need to you don't need to drop that information so that Utah State knows which quarterback well, to prepare for. They're so different <laughs> that it can be you know a little bit of. I have no pro- I have no problem. Sure, we'd all love to know like right now who the starting quarterback. Tell me, tell be. me, tell me now I, now, now. I have no problem with BYU keeping that close to the vest so that Utah State has to prepare for two guys, one of which has a skill set yes. that is significantly different. Run Jaron out there, dress him like even if he's not going to play. Right, I have no problem with it. If he plays, great. He's already dressed and ready to go. No, absolutely play the gamesmanship role. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. All right, coming up. This hurts. Should we be cheering for Utah right now? I know how you feel about this, Jason. (laughs) And a truly elite guest joins us next. He's been the Aggies kryptonite. Mitch Matthews on BYU Sports Nation after this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer tomorrow live from Logan for Countdown to Kickoff. Watch for pregame analysis and interviews as 13th ranked BYU prepares to face Utah State. Coverage begins tomorrow, 8 Eastern, on BYU TV and the app. I believe it's pronounced Logan. And I believe it's spelled, pronounced Ogden. Spelled O-G-D-E-N. <laughs> we are live in Studio B. I shouldn't bag on Logan because I was born there, Jason. I was born in Logan Regional Hospital. Did you know that? Uh, I, I think I did know yeah. that. Yeah. So I know it's an actual place because I was born there and it's on my birth certificate. <laughs> so so like, if I offended you then, should, no. I, should I stop? No, no. Everybody knows it's good humor, okay? But see, but see so you were born, but you, you lived near Ogden. So where... It's true. <laughs> I spent the majority of my childhood near Ogden. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are live in Studio B, if you couldn't tell. With your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Yesterday, Jerem Jordan and I had a chance to speak with a guy who's frankly been Utah State kryptonite. Uh, to the tune of three touchdowns in 2013, a couple of touchdowns in 2015. We're hoping he has some eligibility. In fact, we should probably start. We, uh, we did start the conversation like that. Mitch Matthews joins us, BYU Sports Station, one-on-one, all access with the former BYU receiver. Mitch, you have, in a word, been elite against Utah State. Three touchdowns 
in a blowout win in 2013, two touchdowns and a decisive road victory in 2015 when it felt like it was 25 degrees below zero up there, but you still balled out. Is there any chance you can get reinstated for one game and play for BYU against Utah State this season? <laughs> Look, with all these NCAA rule changes, they need to add that rule in. <laughs> one former player per game that's dominated against the team that we're playing gets to play. That'd be hilarious. You're like pulling an NFL guy to go. <laughs> hey, how many catches do you have against Utah State if you're playing Friday? If I'm playing Friday, uh, I'm going with a 10-piece. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Piece, this ain't chicken nuggets, piece, man. Two touchdowns, and uh, I'm going, I want 200 yards. That's it? Okay, nice. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm being nice. <laughs> because you know what it takes to play an elite high-level game against Utah State, what's the secret, man? What can you share with the current BYU guys to go and get it done at Maverick Stadium in Logan? Well, I think they've already gotten half the job done. Uh, the key is to dominate the state, right? So we beat the big dogs that have been here for a while. We beat those guys. They're out of the way. It is time to dominate these guys. And so we, we can dominate the state of Utah for starting the beginning of our season. So really, um, you know, Utah State had a couple wins against us. I think there was like a 30-year drought or something. So they've, they've come on the scene as of late, but we've regained uh, a lot of Utah. We put our stake back in the ground in Salt Lake City, and it's time to go put that same stake in the ground in Logan as well. The good news is in 2019, when they last played, Jaron Hall started the first half, got hurt. He was incredible. He's pacing for a 400-100 game. Um, and then Baylor Romney comes in and dominates in the second half. So both these guys, whoever plays, should be really confident going into this game. What have you seen from the BYU offense as they, as, as they have continued to improve? And Zach Wilson left, but, hey, BYU put up enough points to win in each of those games, put up a season high, obviously, versus South Florida on Saturday. So the good thing about being a fan now is you just get to watch and analyze. And Let's start with the quarterbacks. So – it is so comforting to know that whatever quarterback is in, we're good, right? That typically the story is, you know, oh no, if, if this, this quarterback isn't in, what, what's going to happen, right? But luckily for us watching, it's like, look, they're both really, really good. And they can both beat ranked teams, beat good teams. And so, look, I, I'm happy with whoever's playing. Um, and and uh, look, whoever it is, I think it's a W either way. The offense, though, what's impressed me so much is their physical they are so physical up front. I love the O-line I have for the last few years. They've been fantastic. Probably the best O-line BYU's had in the last, you know, seven, eight years. And I, I love watching them. And they just dominated up front. Luckily, the backs that we have, same type of thing, whether it's Katoa, whether it's Algier, these guys can play football. So we're deep on offense. And, and I mean, a receiver, we're, we're deep as well. So give the ball to any of these guys let the ball be thrown by either quarterback, and I think I think we're set up for success this weekend. Former BYU wide receiver standout Mitch Matthews is on BYU Sports Nation. Mitch, the Cougars are a nine-point favorite going into Logan right now, but because of what happened in 2014, you were there. You know when BYU was 4-0 and and taking on Utah State in game number five in Provo, then losing in a shocking upset. There's this feeling of trepidation among BYU fans like, Oh man, is it is it going to happen again? Are the Aggies going to derail this perfect season? What are you feeling more nervous, or are you more confident as BYU heads into this game in twenty twenty one based on the scenario I just presented? 
Yeah. So did you bring me on here to, to talk about what not to do in the case when you're ranked and you go play Utah State? You know, like, maybe. Look, maybe. What's the answer? Because <laughs> look, that game, Taysom Hill went down, tragic injury, and I think I think uh, I think it threw us off course. We, we had a fantastic team, fantastic year that year. I mean, and especially they came to our house and they beat us. So they had a good year that year. They had a dang good game that game specifically. But look, it, it, with uh, with the depth that these guys have, with with how good this team is, I, I don't think even if there is some injury, even if we don't play our best football game, I still think we can handle these guys. I mean, I, I really do. I'm confident in that this team is fantastic. And luckily we're so deep on offense uh, and these guys are rolling. This, this isn't, this isn't a, a fluke that they're ranked so high. These guys are, are very, very talented. And I think we're putting up at least 35 to 42 points this game. That'd be great. And it'd be great to continue, uh, you know, what started last week uh, against South Florida. Okay. Utah state's crowd. They do a nice job. They really do. Let's get, let's give them some credit. Um, what is it about kind of the herd and their ability to kind of have an impact on the game that you have to be ready for if you're BYU? Yeah. So I love their fans, by the way. I love their fans. Have you seen some of the pictures of those guys holding up signs, you know, with my name on it? And they have like, you know, uh, something like, I forget what they were exactly, but, you know, Mitch has a, a 71 hour kit. So I mean, just, <laughs> you know, funny things like that. Um, and I love their fans. They get into the game. There's nothing really else to do in Logan, Utah, besides, you know, love your football team. But one thing I love about their fans is they're so close. They're like five yards away from your sideline, not a full 15 yards. And you can have like one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. <laughs> Having played there a couple of times, I'm remembering some of their season ticket holders having like a, oh, hey, man, good to see you again type conversations, right? And so they get pretty bitter, um, but uh, it's a great, great atmosphere. Their fans are super close. Uh, to the field. It gets loud and they, they don't like BYU. So it always makes for a fun time. Well, Utah State has instituted a change and you might know this already, Mitch, but if you don't, they are putting the opposing teams on the opposite sideline in front of the Utah State student section now. This is great gamesmanship. So what advice would you give that. to BYU as they go in to handle a very raucous and rowdy student section five yards from the field? Yeah. Look, I actually enjoyed playing at great atmospheres like that with the fans even louder, like the Boise States, Utah's. I mean, there's just something to be said about bigger stadiums versus smaller stadiums. I really never found the difference of those. It's it's how much they hate the opposing team. And I don't think uh, I don't think if a Logan and Boise and in Salt Lake City, they don't like BYU very much. So it will be loud and they will be close. Uh, they, they purposely move BYU to the student section side because it'll be louder, more chaotic during timeouts. You can't hear as well. You can't hear from the coaches as much. So they're doing that for a reason. But look, this is a rivalry game. It'll be a great game no matter what. And, and don't let those, the loudness, don't let the fans get in your way. Let it be fuel to the fire. That's, that's what I've always believed. And I wish it was just a BYU game, but it's all season. I'm assuming it was a Blake Anderson thing. Just, hey, hey, let's move over here and give an advantage. I don't know why they didn't do that sooner. Can you imagine the BYU rock? on the opponent's side. <laughs> that would be amazing. Wait, wait, what are we What are we doing? Like, let's move over the season ticket holders. Let's give them a discount, put them in the corner. Let's put the rock right behind. Let's, oh, let's go. Oh, man. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of red tape or blue tape to go through on that particular one. I do want to ask right. you, um, and maybe Spence has another Utah State question. I'm not sure, but the Big 12. Uh, I haven't heard your opinion on that whole thing. What an incredible opportunity for BYU to go to the Big 12. What's your reaction, man? Man, I'm so jealous. That's my reaction. I, I'm, that's so cool for them. I, I love it. 
I love everything about it. The first thing that comes to mind is recruiting, getting recruited to a team where there is stability, there is these new rivalries, there is consistency, there is the chance to go play at these big stadiums. Uh, it does so much for recruiting. So as a fan now, that's what I'm most excited about. As a player, to be able to have that extra game, have the conference championship, have the chance to be able to dominate something new as well. When you're independent, even if you're the best team in independent, what are you really dominating? There's nothing really there that you've won or can you, you can say that you've won. Having a chance to say we're the best team in the, in the, in the Big 12. Right, we're playing for the Big 12 championship. That does a lot for a team. It does a lot for recruiting. And to, to be able to have a championship within the bigger championship that you're going for is so big for, for the players uh, to really fight. Um, you know, BYU has always been, um, you know, one game you lose, you're kind of out of it, right? And the fans kind of feel that way. The players have a little bit of those symptoms where if you lose one, maybe two games, the season's kind of over because you kind of have to go undefeated when you're playing independent. But in this case, you're playing against good teams consistently. You're in a conference. You can still get big bowl games and still make it the highest level of college football, even with, you know, one bad game. So I love everything about it. I mean, Tom Holmel's done a fantastic job, and uh, I'm happy about it. Mitch Matthews is on BYU Sports Nation. You are an incredible motivator. In fact, I wish I could just put you in front of the BYU football team right before they take the field in Logan. So let's uh, imagine that scene, Mitch. What would you say to them as a motivational speaker as they try and get to 5-0 and and keep moving up those rankings? I love that, man. So you're supposed to prompt me before we get on here so I can get the speech ready. I can get the Ray Lewis speech going. Uh, look, I think what's so fun about playing at Utah State is the atmosphere alone will get you ready. I don't remember a pump-up speech by Coach Mendenhall. Well, as, as a matter of fact, I don't think he ever gave those anyways. But I don't remember any speech before any, any, any game up at Utah State. When you would show up to that stadium, and from the second you get off the bus, it's loud. People are talking. They're chirping. A lot of people have family ties. You, a lot of times you know some of the players. Right when you get off that bus, it's already game time. So, I, look, I, to those players, they're going to feel it right away anyways. It's almost one of those things where no words even need to be said. But, look, we've already done half the work to dominate the city of Utah. Let's go finish the job. Let's dominate this entire state. And, it, look, it's always been about BYU. Where, where is BYU at? If we're not winning, why, where is BYU at? Well, we're finally back to where we need to be. We've dominated half the state already. Let's just finish the job. And I think that happens this weekend. I love it. Redefine hard. Finish the job. Let's go. I love it. I love it. It's great to talk with you, brother. So uh, happy for you and all your success in business. Uh, Give our best to Maddie. And I hope your baby's doing well. And go Cougs, man. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Go Cougs. Mitch Matthews on BYU Sports Nation. Kryptonite in the most wonderful way to the Aggies. That was a great game. Just seeing those highlights took me back to that just dominating performance. Five total game. touchdowns in two road games in Logan. He knows. He knows exactly what he's doing in Logan. All right, coming up, the National Player of the Week. We talk with Connor Mance. And do you, BYU fans, deserve a top 13 ranking in the country as well? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Sports Nation will be live from Logan tomorrow as we get you ready for 13th-ranked BYU to face Utah State. Join us on the road tomorrow noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. For the record, you would never do that silliness in a picture if you took it with me, right? The, the bunny ears? The bunny ears. You would never do that, right? Not unless I was asked to, yeah. which I'm assuming is what that <laughs> happened in that picture. Let's be honest. He wanted to. Okay. No, he probably took a little more joy than he should have, but yes. <laughs> to interact with the show and get fantastic content at any point throughout the day, I tell you this every day, so you know what to do. Follow our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Spencer, should BYU fans be cheering for Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah? Absolutely. They should be cheering for all three of those teams. BYU needs some help with the strength of schedule. We discussed this with Riley Nelson yesterday. The Cougars right now, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, have a strength of schedule ranked 98th out of 130 Division I FBS teams. 98. Not great because Arizona is 0-4 and winless. Utah's underperformed. They're 2-2. They lost to San Diego State. USF, 1-3. So Arizona State winning against 20th-ranked UCLA, that'll help. And then Utah and Arizona have buys this week. If they can figure it out down the road, it's going to help. Every opponent you should root for to help BYU strength the schedule if you want the Cougars to continue to get respect nationwide. Yeah, now that BYU has beaten Utah, it's easier to say, well, now they can win whatever games they want. In terms of helping BYU strength the schedule, I get it. I would never tell anybody, though, they have to root for Utah. <laughs> I'm leave that. It's a personal decision. USF head coach Jeff Scott said the following after his team's loss in Provo, and I quote, I don't think we'll play anywhere this year that will be that loud. It was definitely as advertised. One of the loudest environments I've ever coached in, and I've been in a bunch of them, end quote. Keep in mind, Jeff Scott Clemson. was an assistant coach to Dabo Sweeney <laughs> at Clemson for a number of years. He knows loud environments. That is a lofty compliment. So, Jason, does BYU's game day atmosphere deserve a top 13 national ranking as well? 100%. Everybody in the three home games have talked about it. Look, Kyle Whittingham, who is not one to heap praise on BYU, said it is the loudest he'd ever heard it as a player or a coach. That's important. Arizona State had like 700 penalties because it was so loud. Yes. It clearly was an issue. We had Coach Scott talking about it. Yes, they absolutely deserve to be ranked as one of the best fan bases and home field advantages in the country. This is the easiest question that we will answer all week. Yes, BYU's game day atmosphere deserves a top 13 ranking. In fact, it probably deserves a top 10 ranking, if not top five through the first four weeks of the season because of how influential they have been in helping BYU secure wins, especially on the home field. All right, are you more concerned about Utah State this week or the always dangerous Hank Bachmeyer <laughs> next week? Because nothing, no win counts if Hank Bachmeyer didn't play. <laughs> I'm, I'm more concerned about Utah State this week. <laughs> BYU's first road test. Now, if BYU were playing Hank Bachmeyer and Boise State on the blue again. What if Hank Bachmeyer played for Utah State? <laughs> Would BYU even have a chance? Oh, I mean, come on. Uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about Utah State. I just, I'm interested to see how BYU responds as a team in their first real road game this season. Hostile environment. Because remember, last year, BYU didn't really play a road yeah. game. It's been a couple of years since they've dealt with this. Yeah, Utah State has my full attention. I, I'll, I'll worry about the, the greatness of Hank Bachmeyer in another week. All right. Okay. All right. Coming up. Coming up, Jason. Yeah. Deep Blue, the story of Jake Oldroyd's game winner at Arizona. Uh, young Jake with his green cleats. 
Plus, he's faster than everyone in the NCAA cross country. Connor Mance joins us. Is he on a repeat run to a national title? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get complete coverage of BYU at Utah State tomorrow night on BYU Radio. I'll start things off with Cougar pregame live at 7 Eastern. Then Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Juergens will have the call of the game from Maverick Stadium. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Joining us now, the reigning individual national champion in the cross-country 10K, Connor Mance, joining us live over Zoom Connor, great to have you back on the program, and congratulations on a quick start to your season here. Hey, thank you. Good to be good to be back. Okay, so I know you're aware it's a rivalry week for BYU football with Utah State, and what many probably don't know is you hail from Cache Valley, so you probably understand the Utah State-BYU dynamic better than most. So what does this game and this week mean to you from a rivalry standpoint? Uh, this this is probably one of my favorite games to watch for sure. Um, being from Cache Valley, I know all my friends and family are going to be cheering for Utah State. Everybody's <laughs> going to be like, all right, you know, we know Connor goes to BYU. We're going to forget about that for a minute. And they're all going to be at that. Uh, probably I'll be at the game cheering for Utah State. So um, I know. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Please finish your thoughts. Sorry. I was just going to say it's it's an exciting game because I remember – when I was younger, Utah State wasn't wasn't ha- that great of a football team, and so my my parents would actually um, have us go to the game and be like, "All right, we just want you to see like a really good football team, so you can go see BYU's team play." <laughs> this is what it's like. But then, like as I was starting to go interested in BYU, that's when Utah State and BYU started going back and forth with winning, and so it's been it's kind of a it's a fun rivalry for sure. Is there a cross-country rival? Does BYU have a rival in these meets? I don't really hear a lot about that in terms of track and field and cross-country and all that. Oh, definitely. We've definitely had a rival for the last uh, five years or so with um, Northern Arizona University. Uh, I think that was more so a lot of smack talk and that happened between one of their athletes and one of our athletes and um, just trying to... I don't know, us trying to dethrone them from the national title and eventually doing so, and then them trying to um, get the national title back. But there's also rivalries with individuals. You'll see people who are like, I don't care if I'm first, I don't care if I'm 10. As long as I beat this person from this school, that's all that matters to me. I love that. Okay, let's talk about a recent matchup that you had with uh, another great runner, Wesley Kiptu from Iowa State, who's a four-time All-American and NCAA champion. What a finish in the final 300 meters. Connor, what's going through your mind when you know you're battling another elite-level runner like that coming down the stretch? So I I knew that, you know, if if we were together down, like, the last few hundred meters, it was going to be a tough, tough battle for sure. Um, I, I was really the, – the course is very hilly. It had a lot of, like, bumps in the grass. And so I was just, like, trying to make sure that I was going as fast as I could but also making sure I could get some good footing because – you step in one like little pothole or anything like that and trip up or anything like he's going to pass you. So just trying to compete and make sure I, I passed him and held that lead. I love it. I love watching that. I love watching Connor win. 
My day just got better. Thank you for being awesome at running, Connor. <laughs> hey, thank you. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're welcome. Now, now, with Mr. Kiptu, is, is that a rivalry? Is that one of those situations where you're like, hey, Wesley, I respect you. You're a good guy, but I've got to beat you. Is that one of those scenarios? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think um, last cross-country season, it was like I had gone I had gone in undefeated for the winter, and then he'd also gone undefeated, and everybody knew he was going to be one of the the favorites and so it was like all right like this is this is the guy I'm I'm looking out for and I think it was such a hard fought battle in uh at the NCAA championship so it's like yes I respect him I know he's gonna be I know he's really good every time we show up to race each other but I want to beat him every time so much I love the competitive nature um again I know it's belated and we've already congratulated you a million times but like congratulations again on just being this Incredible ambassador for BYU Athletics and cross country, winning a national championship. And we'll be watching and rooting for you the rest of the way. Thanks, Connor. Thank you, guys. Connor Mance. The dude just runs fast, Jason. Yes, he does. Runs fast. And he enjoys it. And he runs far. It's a, it's and a I'm mystery. Tired wa- I get tired yes. watching him. It's a mystery that he enjoys this. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Coming up, he's an All-American kicker, but what drives his passion to excel on the field? We go deep blue with Jake Oldroyd. And our rising shout out to who we hope is becoming a championship ring collector. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Alongside Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Linton. This week's Deep Blue focuses on All-American kicker Jake Oldroyd. He's been a winner from his very first kick at BYU. This is Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries. Growing up for me, sports were everything. My parents kind of restricted me from playing football early on because you know they were scared of the potential injuries. We got him into soccer when he turned forward. In his first year in soccer, he would stay behind the pack, wait for the ball to pop out, and then he would be there to kick it. And so we thought, this is fine. He's, he's a normal kid. He's probably not going to be that athletic. And, you know, he's just he's having a good experience with the team. He unfortunately had a couple of concussions, fairly significant ones through soccer. Football was obviously not something that we were keen on him doing because of that concussion history. Uh, I ultimately convinced my mom to let me play if it was just going to be kicking. And so I remember going to one of my seventh grade football games with my parents just to watch some of my friends play. And the idea came to me to ask her right then, well, mom, what if I just kick? I don't have to play any other position. And she was on board with that. And so she went and talked to the coach on my behalf after the game. That's where football started for him. We were driving back from, from Provo. We were in, in West Texas. We're about five hours from home. It's Sunday morning, and I get a call from Jake, and he's really upset, and he's in a lot of pain. And I said, what's going on? And he said, I can't move my knee. And I said, what, what happened? And he said, I don't know. Yesterday I was just stretching, and I heard something pop, and, and today it's so swollen and in and, and excruciating pain. I don't know what to do. I guess I was just going too hard and <laughs> pushed something a little too far and, and my knee popped and I tore my meniscus and I sprained my MCL and in that moment I was really really concerned because I after a couple days of camp and talking to coaches I felt that there was an opportunity to make an impact that season and all of a sudden you know, the potential of that was just 
gone. They had the surgery on Tuesday. I flew up later that week, and I believe it was by Friday, he was running stairs in the stadium. And so he was doing all kinds of crazy exercises to try and get back as fast as he could. And that was a really challenging time because with that injury, he suddenly pulled out of camp. What he would do is after, when everyone else was eating lunch, he would go out and he would start kicking. And he was trying to get exposure to the team and to coaches to let them know that he was, he was ready. And so less than three weeks later was the Arizona game. Can you feel this, Rob? My goodness. Ready for football inside University of Phoenix Stadium. Glendale, Arizona. It's BYU and Arizona to finish up a heck of a day of college football. So I got right back into practice Monday week one. I only took a couple reps that week, but worked my way somehow onto the travel squad, um, which was just a complete miracle turnaround for me. It was a huge blessing for me to even be in the position to compete. And then, you know, fortunately, I was on the plane to that first game. Same shoes. I had some old green shoes that I brought to fall camp here at BYU because I didn't have anything else. And I didn't dare ask, you know, being a bright-eyed 18-year-old. I, I had never been in the locker room before, and I didn't even dare, you know, try to ask somebody for new cleats. So I just wore what I had. Nobody said anything to me. They were Nike. So I thought that was fine, and I didn't think I was going to play. 16-15 <laughs> Arizona. Oldroyd from 33. The kick is on its way, and it is... driving down the field and it came time to kick a field goal to win we were looking at him and you could just see the confidence just beaming off of him it's unique you know and that's very different but that confidence was beaming into the players and for a freshman to do that is remarkable you know that that's why I pushed myself to recover so hard from that injury and to be prepared because I knew that if that chance was given to me I was going to take it and and I was going to perform Strong start to 2019. Um, we had those incredible wins over Tennessee. He was able to kick a field goal to send it to overtime. Eventually, of course, we won that game, a USC win. Then we came to a game and he was very sick. He was dizzy, uh, really couldn't walk in a straight line and uh, really not in much shape to play, but he needed to play. Ended up not converting a couple of times. And uh, I think that's when you know, the mental game really became a factor. When you're doing well, then the posts are outstanding and supportive and he's the best ever and things are, things are great. But if anything at all goes wrong, then suddenly the doubters or detractors come in and it is, it's, it, they just continue to pile on. And so in 2019, I think that happened. I tried to uh, take a step back and realize that you know, people don't understand what it's like to be me. There are very few collegiate and NFL place kickers out there that understand what it's like to miss a kick or go through a rut like that. You know, so understanding that helped me to realize that, you know, I don't need to listen to those outside voices, and they definitely shouldn't be the ones that are influencing where my mind is at. And so you know, I ultimately just got off of social media during the next season because I felt like it was something that was detrimental to 
where my head was at as a player the year before. And but it definitely takes time and experience and practice, I think, to to block it out and just realize that it's nothing more than a game, and you got to have fun doing it. And sometimes people take it too seriously. So the piano has been a hobby of mine since I was a kid. I've always enjoyed playing, and over the years, it's been a way that I can de-stress and take time away from day-to-day things. And even through football, there was a time where I would go play the piano by myself on game day, get myself in the right space, approaching a, you know a stressful game setting. Jake's always had a really good perspective ever since I've known him of that football is important, but it's not everything in life, right? And he's got potential where football can take him to places he maybe never thought imaginable, right? As far as career goes. But I think he's always had a really good perspective of football's great. And if it can take me to certain places, awesome. But family, you know, his his relationships he has with other people, his faith are are more important. You know, I absolutely believe he's an amazing kicker. He's a phenomenal athlete, but I think he's an even better person. Jake is a lot of things uh, to a lot of people out there, but to me, he's my boy. He's fortunate that he's really talented and he's got a good support system around him to help him succeed, but he understands that football has to end at some point for everyone, right? And that when it ends, it won't be the only thing he's known for, but the impact that he has on the people around him and the relationships he carries are much more important than just the time playing football. Incredibly talented Jake Oldroyd. We hope he's back and able to kick very soon for BYU. He's going through some health issues right now, too, and BYU needs him, frankly. Yeah, he is uh, certainly a weapon that, uh, that you'd love to have. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Jason, who is it for? Uh, we're going to give it to Elijah Bryant. Okay. Uh, si- re-signing with the Bucks. He was released and signed back down with a, uh, a training camp deal, so the hope is he can try and make the roster again as the Bucks look to repeat as NBA champions. Champions. All right, our question of the day, Jaron or Baylor, does it matter who starts at Utah State? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tar Hill Cougar. Well, Cougar Taylor, BYU Chocolate Milk, both are great for different reasons. Baylor and Jaron are both more than capable to beat the Aggies. Go Cougs. I love that comparison. It's great, and now I'm hungry. It's more hungrier than I was a second ago. But thanks to today's guests, Mitch Matthews and Connor Mance. Conversation continues 24-7 on social media. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Moroni Laulu Pututa. We'll see you tomorrow live from Logan on game day. Go Cougs.